Welcome to Clear the Clutter. My name is Margaret, and this podcast is where I give you practical and spiritual advice to get your time back so you can finally spend it how you really want. Hello, welcome to today's episode. So today is episode number 53, and it is all about money. So we've talked about money in the past. I feel like we spent a good part of January clearing out either our limiting beliefs or the physical things that were holding us back. So what I want to do is I would like to focus most likely probably the rest of this month on how do we make it easy for you to make more money. So I've already been super honest about our goals personally to figure out how to double our income. And obviously I will take you on that journey behind the scenes to walk you through what it looks like, walk you through the things that I learned, walk you through what blows up in my face, what goes great, what doesn't go great, all the the mishmash, right? But I was sitting down or getting ready to sit down, I should say, um, and do some work on the computer. And I was like, oh, I have some outstanding quotes for some customers. And let me go ahead and talk with Ben about them because he's got a different way of quoting than I do. And I was trying to figure out how he was getting to his math. So we were sitting there, we were going over everything and doing the, the work and figuring out how to quote the customers. And then you know, we got the numbers, we answered all the questions, I drafted the responses, and I sent off the responses, and I made it easy. And I was like, okay, well, what am I going to talk about in tonight's episode, or today's whatever, whenever you're listening to me's episode, what am I going to talk about? And I just kept thinking about money and getting paid and making it easier. I'm like, you know what, fuck it, that's what we're going to do. I am going to give you a snapshot into that conversation I had with Ben earlier tonight. And it is going to be my overarching essence on how to make it easy for people to pay you. Now, these principles that I'm going to tell you don't just apply to any type of either business you're running for yourself or a side hustle or a uh, I'm getting paid to do this hobby. It also could even happen at work. These are the same principles, same. I don't like the word tactics because it feels very manipulative, but these are the same principles. This is the same philosophy that I use at work to make it easy for people to pay me. So when I say people to pay me, it it depends on the scenario that you're in. So that can, like I said, that could mean at your day job, because again, my day job for the time being, as of this recording, (laughs) is that I am a parts manager and I genuinely love the job. I, I really haven't wanted to leave the company or leave the industry because it fulfills a need for me. So I'm happy to do it for as long as it makes sense, right? But at that job, my job is to get people to pay me. Well, obviously they're not paying me. I mean, they are, but they're not, right? They're paying the company I work for and therefore handing me the credit card or the cash or the check because we take checks, whatever, right? But I have made it a process that part of my reputation is my reputation is tied to like, if you had to think about it, right at work, my reputation is I solve problems. I'm really good at saving quotes. I explain things very, very well. And I make it easy for people to buy from me. That is what I am known for. And I'm very, very, very honest. So in the honest, I guess you could say in any industry, it's really easy to be like, Oh, well, I'm going to sell you this X, Y, and Z widget. So I'll give you a practical example, right? So a lot of people, will come into the dealership and they will say, hey, I need an axle for their side-by-side or their ATV. And an axle on average, um, an aftermarket axle, you're probably around 199 to 250, 260 for one axle, right? And there's 
four in the machine, majority of the time, unless it's a straight axle, but whatever, right? So axles could get very expensive. Um, some brands have uh, OEM axles that you basically have to use their axles, and they can be anywhere from four to 600 per axle. Again, you've got multiple axles. So when a customer comes in to want to buy axles from us, the first thing I do is to say, hey, do you want OEM or do you want aftermarket? Normally, OEM is going to be more expensive than the aftermarket. So that's one way Holly interrupts my flow. <laughs> but that's one way that I start guiding the conversation and I start to get their vibe as to where they are. And then from there, ask a couple of probing questions. And there has been tons of times, and I'll give you another example in a second, but there has been tons of times where the customer didn't need a $250 axle. They needed a $40 boot kit. And, and the parts that I'm recommending in this scenario are kind of irrelevant, right? But it came back to, I was known for my honesty where yes, I would have made more money because I sold the axle because that's a higher dollar amount. I would not have gained the customer's trust. So I like to have that clean, easy, very transparent way for people to trust me so that they can go ahead and pay me. Same thing online. You see my merch. It is very clear what you're getting. I do not hide anything. You're getting my quotes. You're getting mugs. Uh, that's current right now. I've got some journal prompts in the background that I'm working on. I wanna start making journals. I'm like so excited to start making journals and making posters and making a couple of other things. But my merch will be very clear what you can get from me. My courses are very clear on what you're getting for me, whether it is an affiliate bonus that I'm giving out. Like my favorite is um, Becoming the Wealthy Woman. That's probably my favorite affiliate bonus I've ever created. Those two videos are, are phenomenal. But again, I'm very clear on what you're getting. When you buy this, this course from Amanda Francis, you, using my link, you get my affiliate bundle, you get my affiliate bonus, you get X, Y, and Z. If you buy Archiving Love, you get X, Y, and Z. If you buy Betting on Me, my other course, you get X, Y, and Z. So I make it very clear, very transparent what people are getting from me. And all of that comes down to we have to make it easier for people to pay us. And I'm going to stereotype, and I do apologize for any men that are listening to this podcast. And, and maybe you have the same issues as the women that might be listening or whoever you whatever you identify as. Because, again, my intention is never to upset anyone. So for the peoples, let's, let's go. Let's do it that way. For the people that are listening that identify with this problem, you might have grown up not understanding the way to ask for money in a confident manner, in a non-sleazy manner, in a manner that by having someone pay you, you're actually giving them kind of more value than what they're paying you for. Now, I don't mean that in a sense that you're devaluing your work and you're doing things for cheap and you're starting to become bitter. That's not the scenario at all. But the amount of value that you're giving, the amount of trust that you're building, the amount of clarity you're bringing to the situation, the amount of ease you're bringing to this whole scenario and this whole vibe is worth so much that when someone pays you, they're like, well, of course I would pay X, Y, and Z person. Why wouldn't I? They made my life easier. They saved me, you know, I don't know, $180 when I should have bought an axle and it was a boot kit instead. They saved me um, on a carburetor rebuild because that's another question. Uh, that was the other example I wanted to bring up. So the other thing that I get asked at my day job all the time is someone will call and say, hey, I need to order a carburetor. And I'm like, okay, clearly they don't need to order a carburetor. 9.9 .9 out of 10, they need something else, but let's go with it. And I'm like, okay, cool, not a problem. I find out what the machine is. And then as I'm looking it up, I was like, okay, well, quick question before I look up the carburetor. Have you done a rebuild kit? 
And 9.9 .9 out of 10, they're like, no, I've never done that. What is that? And I'm like, well, a rebuild kit, if you feel comfortable doing it, is all the components that you need to take a carburetor apart, rebuild the carburetor, and then put it back together. Normally, a carburetor rebuild kit on average is 40 to 60 bucks per, per carb. And depending on the machine, some of them I have multiple carburetors, some of them are a single carburetor. Versus, and this is my, my sales pitch, because it's not a pitch, but it's the sales truth, let's call it. Versus a carburetor on average is 350 plus. I've seen them as cheap as 350. I've seen them as expensive as six, $800. So hence why I'm asking if you've done a rebuild first, because it's a better bang for your buck. And then if someone says, oh, well, I'm not comfortable doing that. Well, the service department can go ahead and do a rebuild on average. It's an hour of carb. So even so at the hourly weight rate of 110, plus the rebuild kit, your 160, 170-ish with tax versus a $400 carburetor to actually make that carburetor run and work. Again, I'm saving you a lot of money. So the value that I'm giving that customer, the knowledge that I'm sharing with that customer before they've ever done anything other than picked up a phone call and called me is such a tremendous value that I build this level of trust that the customer is like, wow, she told me about a carburetor rebuild kit that I didn't know about. She offered some solutions. Again, I haven't even paid her anything. She's giving me all this help. She's giving me all this advice for free just because it's the right thing to do. Hmm, let me trust her recommendations. Or at least, even if they don't trust my recommendations, at least now they know that they have options. So the same thing is what I want for the peoples that identify as you have not made it easy for people to pay you. Or maybe you didn't grow up that way. Maybe in your household, it was a very tit for tat type of scenario. If you do X chores, you make X amount of dollars. If you work X job, you, 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 you do this. There was never a conversation. There wasn't room for negotiation. There wasn't any uh, flow or growth or, you know, value for value traded. It was you do X, you get Y. And that's the end of the conversation. And mind you, I, for the most part, deeply appreciate how my mom and dad raised me in regards to money. My dad had money conversations with me that, you know, most people don't have with their 20 year olds. And I was 12. Um, we went over financial statements. We did this one thing when I was, I don't know, I must have been like 10, maybe 10, 10 or 12. I never can remember it. But it was like 10 or 12. And my dad was trying to make me understand and comprehend how much money costs and how, how to value things. Right. And so my dad one day, and I'll always remember this. My dad one day was like, Hey, I want you to go ahead and write a household budget. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, I'm going to give you all of these categories and I want you to put a dollar amount of how much you think each thing costs. I'm like, okay, cool. So it was like the electricity, the mortgage, the car payment, the insurance, the grocery bill, the blank, 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 blank. Right. I came and you know, he left me alone. I sat down and I wrote all my numbers. Right. I don't remember the dollar amount I gave him, which probably was retardedly small, but value-wise, I think it was like either a third or a fourth of what it actually costs to run our household. And so I wrote, you know, I wrote all my numbers and my categories and I showed my dad, I'm like, dad, here you go. And he looked at it and he just started laughing and I'm like, oh God, what? And he's like, okay, so I'm going to write down next to every category what it actually costs to run the household. And if you are a parent, I, I deeply recommend you do this because for me, it was a beautiful memory. It was not something that was made in a shaming manner. It was done more of a learning tool so that I could understand and I could appreciate what things cost in a non, you know, selfish, you know, 
slammy way. And so my dad just sat down and he wrote down all the things that it cost next to it. And I looked at that and I looked at him and I was like, I obviously didn't say this, but I was like, you know, 10 year old me was like, holy shit, it costs a lot of money to run a house. He's like, yeah, that's why you should value your things. That's why you should take care of your things. That's why you should appreciate all the things that you get because there are people that are less fortunate than us, yada, yada, yada. And again, it turned into a whole appreciation moment. But the conversations I had growing up as a kid were more in regards to how to value the money once it comes into the household. It was not, it wasn't like my parents had really good examples on how to value the money before it even made it into your hands. How do you, how do you display value? How do you share value? How do you create value so that you have opportunities to bring more value into your house, period? I learned 80% of that with Ben. And then I've, of course, over time, put my own spin on things to where it's like, okay, again, let's go back to that carburetor example. By giving knowledge ahead of time before we've barely had this conversation, offering free value, free advice, and then letting them make their own decision for whatever feels best, then I have built all of this value so that when they go ahead and they pay me or pay the dealership, whatever, same shit, right? But when they go ahead and they pay, quote unquote, me, then it feels like, a well, I'm getting way more than what I paid for. And that's kind of what I want you to have as the vibe. So if you're thinking of this and you're listening to the podcast and you're like, okay, cool. Well, Maggie, I'm not selling carburetors. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I work at a day job. I blah, 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 blah. I don't see how this applies to me. Hear me out. Everything we do is a value exchange. So I I forgot what podcast it's on. It's like a blurb on one of the podcasts I listen to, but it talks about how we just made up money. And it's true. Money, we physically had to figure out how to create it. We ended up trading value. We used to trade, I don't know, oxens for, for corn or some crap like that back in the day before money existed. And then we ended up creating a, a currency and then we created money. And then from there, we've done this. And now we've got like Bitcoins and NFTs and all those things, right? But we've created a, a transactional thing so that we can trade value for value. Well, if you are not very good in the beginning stages of giving out value, the value you're going to get in return is either going to be hard, messy, or not what you feel you should be compensated for. And I know that feels like a very vague statement, but it's not. The intention of that would be for someone, let's say, I'm going to make up, totally make up an example. Say someone is a I don't know, is a works in the healthcare industry, right? They're they're a nurse, they're an anesthesiologist, they're 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 a something right? And they actually work with humans and they work with people. What they're doing is they're trading their time, their energy, their dedication, their, you know, their physical presence to go ahead and take, keep someone healthy. And in return, they get value for it. And, you know, let's say you're not even that, let's say you're, uh, I don't know, an office manager. And you're like, well, Maggie, I have a salary of blank dollars a year and it never changes. Well, I would say it doesn't change right now. I always feel that there is ways to bring in income and bring in money into your household. And that, you know, that's outside of the, you know, whether you want to create a side hustle, whether you want to uh, create something, you know, however it is, there's always ways to bring in more value. Maybe you get a different job. Maybe you freelance. Maybe you consult. Maybe you get a bonus for every time you do blank or you save the company blank, you get a bonus of this in return. There's always ways to bring in value, aka more money into your house. But I go back to the whole premise of all of this, right? Because I wanted you to understand 
how there's multiple ways of value that can come in and multiple ways that that should be an exchange, not just a a, a, gimme, gimme, gimme. And I will put one little caveat. I would not have been able to have had this level of a conversation, which feels extra woo. And it might be the drink that's sitting next to me, but it felt like extra woo. I would not have had this conversation had I had not gone through the two money courses from Amanda. I know money mentality makeover is like her big overarching course, which is like a two, almost $2,300 course. Not everyone could afford that. I couldn't fucking afford it when it first came out. So I did her elevating into overflow course and I did her, um, God, there was another one, elevating to overflow. And I don't, I can't remember for the life of me. Um, but basically I have those as affiliate links on my website and had I had not gotten into those two courses, then I never would have understood that there's more than enough money, which again, had you told me 10, 12 years ago that there's more where that came from, there's more than enough. It's safe to be paid. More money will always keep coming. If I've learned how to do something once, if I've learned how to make money once, I can clearly learn how to do it again. Had you told me any of that, I would have looked at you like you were fucking crazy because for me, money felt scarce. Money felt fearful. Money felt like it was slipping through my fingers. Money felt like I had a hide it and I had to hoard it and I had to stash it in all these places because someone was always trying to take it away from me and it felt like there was never enough. That was the overarching feeling of money. It used to be that no matter what happened, it was never enough. There was never enough money coming in. There was never enough. I was getting paid at my job. There was never enough that Ben would do on his side hustles, which I've been very transparent about and how much he's killed himself in the process to bring an income to our household. There was never enough of this thing and I couldn't figure out why. Over time, as I have changed my mindset around money, I have learned that instead of looking at the money, I needed to look at the value. I needed to look at the value of, well, if I've learned how to do X, Y, and Z, I can always do that again. I just need to make it easy for people to actually pay me. And sometimes that meant getting a better job, negotiating a better salary, negotiating a percentage salary. Sometimes that meant taking a side hustle. Sometimes that meant doing consulting work on the side. I was open to always money was willing to come to me. Fucking sometimes that meant refund and that meant checks coming into us and that meant credits and that meant this is and that meant that. I, I didn't, in my head, I was so open and I was so clear that money was making its way to me. It was easy for money to come to me. It was easy for people to pay me. That was my mantra. That has been my mantra for the last like 10 years. Probably, no, I shouldn't say 10. Let's say eight, right? No, well, I can tell you, it has been my mantra since 2016. So however many years that is right now, right? But since that has been my mantra for so long, my mindset, my energy, my value proposition, the way I communicate with people has drastically changed. I make it easy. I show them the value. I make it consistent so that people can go ahead and pay me. Now, I've built up all of this, making it easy for people to pay you. And yes, of course, you know the drill. I will happily have journal prompts for you. Um, but what I want you to think of is before you can even get to the, how do I make it easy for people to pay me? I want you to stop and think, what was your initial reaction when I started to say money didn't feel safe for me? 
Do you feel the same way? Do you have this like, so for me, it felt like this anxiety in my chest. It felt like this like nervous energy of, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. It felt like that going on in my chest because that's just where it magically resided. So every time money would come in, I would do this random stuff. Like I would create multiple accounts or I would put it in an envelope or I would hide it away or I would earmark it for this and earmark it for that. Like it was so unsafe to have money coming in that I can never just let it sit there. And just like sit there and do nothing. No, it had to have a plan. It had to have things attached to it. It had to have an earmark. It had to have a goal. It had to have something because if I just let money sit there, it would go away. So if I tied it to something, at least I knew where it went. Because again, I go back to the entire vibe I had from money before 2015 or 2015 and prior was money didn't feel safe. Money felt like it was running through my fingers versus now. Like I've said, money feels, well, I, I don't know that I have said that. So money to me, present day, feels like overflow. I have consciously worked very hard on my mindset so that money feels like overflow. I've got overflow fucking examples everywhere. My desktop on my computer is of a purse with hundreds spilling out of it. And it's a beautiful photo. I am obsessed with it. I love it. It makes me feel luxurious. It makes me feel like there's abundance. It makes me feel like overflow. I ended up taking the same picture again, because we're in fucking East BFEO, Okeechobee, Florida. So I have, we use checks everywhere here because they like checks versus running a credit card. So whatevs, right? So I took that same photo and I made it my checkbook photo. And every time I write a check, it doesn't matter if it's for $2, $200, $2,000, every time I write a check, I feel so abundant because I'm like, oh my God, this is what my brain is telling me. This is what I'm representing. This is what I'm calling into my life. We have so much money that if I had put my purse down, money would spill out and there would still be more where that came from. And I even put on my check elevating into overflow. I'm obsessed with that phrase. Amanda Francis, you know, I made that part of her course. I fucking loved it. I, I swear to God, like one day I might even get it tattooed on me. I love it so much because to me, it brings in the frequency. It brings in the vibe. It brings in the value. It brings in the energy of there's more where that came from. My skills are valuable. My services are valuable. My knowledge is valuable. My time is valuable. My energy is valuable. How I show up is valuable. There's all of these things that are so valuable that when I apply them, I get paid. And I make really good fucking money doing what I'm doing because I'm passionate, because I'm excited, because I'm honest, because I'm authentic, because I follow through, because I, again, I figure out all these easy but different ways to make it easy for people to pay for, pay me. And that's what I want you to think of as we go through the rest of this. And again, I got some really good journal prompts. I'm like kind of super excited. I'm trying not to like dive into them right the second, but that's what I want you to think of. Where do you feel like what is the vibe when I think of, when I tell you money, I've, I've heard this phrase so many times and I don't like to like just copy it, but basically if I came up to you and I said, Hey, I'm going to hand you $10,000 right now. What does that make you feel? Does it make you feel anxious? Like it used to make me feel, does it make you feel excited? Does it make you feel confused? Does it make you feel overwhelmed? Because if you can't, and it feels like a cop out, but it's genuinely not a cop out. If you can't, figure out how to take that feeling and turn it into anything outside of abundance, joy, overflow, happiness. If you can't figure out that, I can guarantee you, you will figure out how to sabotage all of these other things so that instead of making it easy for people to pay you, you make it stupid hard for people to pay you. So I'll give you a clear example. 
back 2015, the beginning of 2016 is before I changed my mindset of overflow and more than enough and making it easy for people to pay me. Before I had that as my mantra and I had this fear mentality, we were running the shop. And one of the things that I would do, because again, I was doing a lot of the quoting, a lot of talking with customers, was I would go ahead and either talk them out of things or try and pre-manage their money for them ahead of time. And it was the dumbest thing, but it was, I was so afraid of money. I was so afraid of if money comes in, I'm not going to know what to do with it. I'm not going to know how to handle it, which is why I created the phrase. And it's one of the cups that's in the merch store is what I don't know. I hire someone to teach me. I was so afraid of money coming in and how, what about taxes and what about expenses and how do I pay us and all of those things that until I got my mindset around the you know, if I don't know what to do with the money, I hire someone to teach me. I hire a bookkeeper. I hire an accountant. I hire an investment guy. I have someone help us do our insurance, all of those things. Until I had that mindset, I was just so afraid that I was going to screw something up because again, I felt like there was never enough. So if you have the mindset of there's not enough, it's not, and there's not abundance coming into your life, well, then you're going to sabotage. You're going to talk people out of, um, I don't know, a job, you're going to downplay your value. You're going to downplay your results. You're not going to ask for that raise. You're not going to think you're smart enough, talented enough, worthy to go after a better paying job. There's all these little micro things that you're going to do to sabotage yourself because your brain is like, well, if money doesn't feel safe, I'm not going to put myself in an environment where I could get more of it because if it doesn't feel safe now at this level, who, oh my God, if I got $20,000 more, if I got $30,000 more a year, I wouldn't even know what to do with myself. Oh my God, I'm so afraid. So let me sabotage that reality. And I can't tell you how many times I've seen this, how many times I've done it in my own personal life before I changed my mindset that, so I'll give you two really good examples. One was I was talking to a customer and I was fucking terrified. It was one of the biggest quotes I had done at that time. And it was like a $5,000 quote. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so fucking scary. I don't know what I'm going to do. I felt like I was going to throw up. And I did the phone call and I called them and I'm like, hey, you know, to go ahead and do your bike, you're looking about blank, 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 blank. These are all the things that we would do. This is the timeline you're looking at. And dollar amount is going to be about $5,000. I know that that's a lot of money. And the dude was like, that's it? I thought you were going to charge me more. I was ready to play, pay $7,500. I had budgeted for $7,500. Okay, cool. Do you want my card now? And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Because the background of that conversation was Ben and I going back and forth, and we didn't value our time. We didn't value our effort. We didn't value our knowledge. And we ended up doing a fucking discount, and we charged him, like, like I think we probably would have ended up charging him like six, $6,500. But instead of charging him the $6,500 and being comfortable with that number and saying, this customer is someone better, this job or something better. Instead, we cut ourselves off in the knees and lost like $1,500 just because we were afraid. We self-sabotaged. We were afraid of the number and we didn't believe in ourselves to bring up the value that we were going to already do anyway. Our work ethic wasn't going to change. Our quality wasn't going to change. Our desire to make a happy customer wasn't going to change. We just were afraid of the fucking money. So another example of self-sabotaging would be at your day job. And I know a lot of you, I mean, again, I'm right there with you. I'm in the trenches with you. A lot of you have a day job because your side hustle isn't fully supporting you, or maybe you don't feel that it's safe to transition yet, which is fine. I'm not judging. I, I deeply appreciate where you're coming from. 
you know, maybe you're in the stages of it's just an idea and it's just a concept and you're not really even there yet actually doing something, let alone making money from it. But wherever you are, I fully understand and I fully support you in the sense that what you could be doing in your day job to sabotage yourself would be not asking for a raise every single year. Full mic drop. Not asking for a raise every single fucking year. And my come back to that, regardless of your answer, could be like, yeah, but Maggie, we just went through COVID. Yeah, but Maggie, blank, blank, blank. Yeah, but Maggie, enter problem, blank, whatever here, right? My comeback, my clap back, my, my loving, like, what the fuck nudge would be, it doesn't matter. There's always a customer for whatever you're selling. And that can mean if you want to be, a, I don't fucking know, a dental hygienist and it's been three years since you've had a raise and you're like, you know what, screw this shit, I want to make more money. There is another dentist out there that will hire you, that will pay you more. Or maybe they'll give you uh, a bonus for every time you, I don't know, book a teeth cleaning or maybe every time you sell this tooth whitener or whatever, you get a kickback or whatever the stupid scenario is. There's always an opportunity for you to get paid more money. But if you don't trust yourself, if you don't feel safe around money, if you don't make it easy for people to pay you by showing the value of where you're good, where you're smart, where you're talented, then you're gonna self-sabotage. You're not gonna ask for that raise. You're not gonna try an incentive program. You're not gonna do a kickback. Hell, you're not even gonna like fucking clip coupons. You're not going to cash in those rebates. You're not going to, I don't know if, I, I'm trying to make it up. So like if, I don't know, the, the cereal box company says, hey, write in a postcard and put this 35 cent, 55 cent, whatever stamp on it and mail it in and we'll pay you $5 as a reimbursement because you filled out three questions, you're not gonna do that. There's all these things that you're not gonna do and you're gonna self-sabotage because you don't feel safe. So primary intention would be, let's figure out how to get you safe in regards to having money come into your life. And again, I know I've spent a lot of time talking about it, but it goes so much deeper than this. If And I'll put the resources in the show notes, so don't worry about it. Um, if you're interested, definitely check check into betting on me. That would be supporting you if you're starting a side hustle, if you're trying to grow your side hustle. The other one, if you're just purely looking to change your money mentality, um, it's going to be, oh God, what was it? It's going to be elevating into overflow or becoming the wealthy woman. Both of those, you get access to my bonus of, I can't imagine and I'm no longer available, which are probably my two favorite videos I've ever recorded in my entire life. Like I'm obsessed with them. It's such a great mindset video, but I want you to get safe around money. I want you to get safe around abundance because when you are, then we can do what the whole episode is supposed to be about, making it easy for people to pay you. So I'm not going to tease you anymore. We're going to spend a little bit more time than normal on the journal prompts just because I want to make it a lot more concrete. So if you're fully open, you're fully clear, you're a clear energetic channel of, yes, I am ready for people to come up to me and give me all the monies because I love the monies, I value the monies, and I am ready to receive the monies. And there is nothing inside of me that is saying, hey, no, I'm not valuable or I'm not worthy of the monies, then these journal prompts are for you. So journal prompt number one, in what ways can people pay you? So that can mean your side hustle, like whatever it is. It could be through a website. It can be through affiliate links on your social media. It could be merch. It could be courses. It could be a physical good. It could be trading your time. Like, I don't know, say you're a fucking landscaper or you landscape on the side or you cut yards or you clean houses or you babysit kids or you, 
I, I don't know, you, you, you Uber, who cares, whatever. That part's irrelevant, right? I want you to be very, very clear and write down what you would consider an exhaustive list on how people can pay you. So for me, my list example would be people can buy my merch, people can buy my courses, people can buy using my affiliate link and get access to my bonuses plus the course content. I can get paid at work through my traditional day job. I can get paid at work through my bonus program that I have access to. Ben and I can get paid doing things on our property by selling plants. Ben and I can get paid doing things through the company that we have, Earl's Agriculture, and by doing dump trailer services. We can get paid by having stuff do tractor work. I can get paid by consulting. I can get paid by freelancing. Dude, that's like, I think I counted it right. That's like 10 different ways I can fucking get paid. And that's not even including I'm open to rebates. I'm open to the fucking lotto. I'm open to getting refunds. I'm open to discounts. I'm open to coupons. Like that's another four or five things right then and there that I am so energetically clear that it's not even funny on ways money can make it to me. So I want you to do the same thing. What are ways that you are so fucking clear it's not even funny that money can make it to you? Write it down. Step number two, which I was thinking about this before I hit the record button on this episode, is I'm going to make it part of betting on me because I talk about it a lot, but I I feel like this needs to be its own topic. And I don't know that I want to necessarily do it as a podcast episode, but it's, you know, how do you, how can someone buy from you? How can someone pay you in three steps or less? So I'm obsessed and I've talked about this a lot, but if you're newer to the episodes, newer to the podcast, I've talked about friction and whenever you have friction, friction slows down what you're trying to receive. So I've talked about in the past couple episodes a lot, about clearing out the friction, sometimes in your emotional environment, sometimes it's in your spiritual environment, sometimes in your fucking physical environment because your desk is a hot mess. But I want you to clear out the friction. And when you start paying attention to it, you're going to think I'm crazy on this one, but humor me, right? Go look at Amazon. Go try and buy something from Amazon. They have it that you can buy from them in one fucking click. So they have the buy with one click button and the conversion ratio, and I'm not quoting exactly, but bear with me, right? The conversion ratio is if you buy, if you make it that someone can buy from you within under three steps or less, your conversion ratio is anywhere from 80 to 75%, which is fucking astronomical. Anything past that, you drop down to like 60, 50, 40, 30%. Your, your conversion ratio is like garbage. So I want to know how can people pay you in three steps or less. So I will give you multiple examples because again, this is what I'm here for. All the examples and all the realities that you can try and see on and see if you like. So my job can pay me in three steps or less by obviously paying me my weekly salary. They can pay me by my commissions. They can go ahead and pay me by my bonuses. So that's three different ways that I can get paid within one step. Basically, if I sell and I hit whatever the number is, there's three different categories that I can get paid because of that one number that I have hit. So that's getting paid in one step. Another tangible way to get paid, let's say that you are starting your own thing or you have uh, vitamins that you recommend or you're in network marketing, which I've done in the past and I deeply love and appreciate. Some of my best friendships have come from network marketing. You know, maybe you're doing that. Maybe you're cutting lawns on the side. Maybe you're babysitting. So if those are your realities, let's make it easy for people to pay from you. So let's say you are babysitting, right? 
there should be two ways that you can get paid. You can get paid in cash or you can get paid by sending them, a, I don't know, a PayPal link, a Venmo link, a, a Facebook pay link. Um, you can fucking email them an invoice in some other platform that I don't even know exists. You can sell them. You can have them chase pay you. But that would be like a one, if maybe two step way to get paid. If it's cash, it's fucking cash. That's one step, right? They just, they hand you the cash and you say, thank you. bye bye. <laughs> but you know, that would be one to two steps of getting paid. If you are selling a, a, a product, whatever the product is, whether it's your own product, an affiliate product, network marketing product then I would encourage you to have a, I don't know, use Linktree because I'm obsessed with Linktree right now. I'm like totally into the Linktree vibes and all the links. But like you could use Linktree and have all of your links there. So let's say you are doing vitamins. Um, when I, I just talked to my girlfriend into this one and I'm so grateful that she did it. She is, a let's call her a mommy influencer. She's a baby mommy influencer. I love her to pieces. Um, she's half Japanese, half American. And she's got this really cool audience that she supports. And she just had two babies. And she is really, really good about mixing in how she talks about her vitamins and how she, she brings that into their life so that not only she's supported, but both of her babies are supported. Both of her babies have been on these vitamins since pre-womb. Um, and she does all these super cute videos of like her little boy taking the vitamins. And then obviously because she's still breastfeeding. So her, her daughter's getting vitamins through, you know, breast milk and all that, which is, it's phenomenal. The way she does it is so seamless and so clean that I love it. So I was like, yo, boo, you've got to do this. You need to go on your link tree because we're all about the link tree right now. I'm like, you need to go on your link tree and you need to make a link vitamins for kids under blank. You need to make a link for vitamins for, you know, teenagers, vitamins for adults, vitamins for, for mommies or, you know, during pregnancy, vitamins for mommies post-pregnancy. Cause she also does, um, yoga classes and she's done a ton of prenatal classes. So she's really, really knowledgeable in that area. And so I was like, you need to make a link so that whether you use the link on your Insta stories, use it on your feed, you're talking with someone or whatever, not only, yeah, you can send them the link, but if someone is in your your sphere, in your influence, they can go ahead and buy for you super fucking easy. You can put link in bio and instead of them searching in your bio and going, shit, what link was it? Oh my God, I got to save it. They can click on your, your link tree account. And if you've never heard of it, I probably should say it is link, L-I-N-K-T-R-E-E. It's fucking phenomenal. Literally, I was looking the other day. There's this one dude that I'm like kind of obsessed with. He had like probably 400 links. He had every single podcast episode plus affiliate links in his Linktree account. So I was like, oh my God, I've been thinking too small. I clearly need to do all the links. So I'm in the process of doing all the links. But I was like, boo, you've got to take all of these links, these five or six links that you're recreating every fucking time and you're making all of this energy, all of this extra work. Who knows how many sales you're losing out on? You need to have them all there. So someone does one click, they click on your Linktree. Let's say it's two, right? They click from your Insta stories and then they click on your Linktree account. If they click on your Linktree account, they click on the vitamins for under two-year-olds or whatever the heck it's called. They click on that. Boom. Now they can buy from you. That was three freaking steps. Click on Insta stories, click on Linktree account, click on vitamin link for babies. Three steps someone can buy from you. So that is the goal. However you are getting paid, I want you to get paid in under three steps and I want you to count it. And the other thing I want you to do, because we're all in the vibes of being aware of how it, making it easy for people to pay us, 
when you're doing things in your day-to-day life, I want you to pay attention to when you're doing money transactions. So whether you're buying something online, you're buying something in the store, you're paying a friend, you're paying over this, you're paying that, it doesn't matter. Anytime you are transferring money from you to someone else, I want you to count how many steps it took. We had a conversation, we did this, we did that, blah, 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 blah. Count how many steps it took. And then I want you to start paying attention. How does that make you feel? For most people, they are unaware that every single time they're doing a transaction and it's under three steps or less, they feel ease, they feel relief, they feel like, oh, this is so much better, which is why Amazon's a multi-bajillion dollar company. They made it super fucking easy to buy from them. There's no more friction versus, I don't know, I'm making it up and I'm going to pick on Macy's, poor Macy's, right? But Macy's, I love them to pieces. You have to add the shit to the cart. Then you have to pick your size. Then you have to fill out all of your information. Then you have to hit the buy button. Then PayPal has to open up. Then you have to fill all the shit out in PayPal. Then you have to hit that button. It redirects you to another button. And then boom, now you can pay. Or shit, same stuff with like Victoria's Secrets or any of the other merchants. That's six, seven steps right there. That's not three Not, hey, load all your information ahead of time. Go ahead, have the cart right there. You just hit two buttons, boom, you get paid. So I want you to look at that. I want you to pay attention to that so that you can see where the friction is so that you can mimic what you enjoy. For me, I love having all of my links. Again, I've talked about Linktree how many times by now? But I love having all my links in one clean spot. I have this one page in my Evernote account, and it's literally all of my links. It's show notes. It's my podcast stuff. It's my course stuff. It's my affiliate links. It's all in one clean spot. So instead of having to search everywhere, I can go to that one page. I can copy the link. I can send it out however I need to send it. So that's, again, two, maybe three steps. So how can people buy from you in less than three steps or less? Which is why that is going to be a whole episode in the betting on me course, for sure. Because, like, I could talk about it for days. So, (laughs) journal prompt number three is probably the most hidden gem of this podcast. It's going to be, what problem are you solving for them? Now, if you can get really, 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 really fucking clear on what problem you're solving for someone, it's going to be a thousand times easier for someone to pay you. When someone does not feel, and that can be related to value. So if they, they feel the value, they feel the value you're providing, the, the value that you're creating for them, then the majority of the time it's easier for someone to pay you. It's the same shit. It's just a different way of looking at it. What problem are you solving for them? So at work, I am solving the problem of my unit is broken. I need parts. Help. I solve that problem. In the plant business, we are solving the problem of buying bulk loads of palm trees at one time, which don't get me started on the palm trees. They're they're just driving me nuts right now. Or if it's on the, the agricultural side of the business that Ben and I do, we are solving the problem of getting soil out to someone in a bulk manner. We're getting rock out to someone. We're getting filtered out to someone. We're doing all these things, right? So what problem are you solving for them? And even still, I even think about that too. What problems am I solving for you as you're listening to this course or course, this episode? This is a 40 something minute long episode. I deeply value the amount of time you are spending with me, listening to me, listening to all my, my bumbles, my stutters, my curses, my whatevers, right? So 
I want to be very, very clear on the problems I'm solving for you. And in return, to make sure I am solving those problems for you, I give you journal prompts. That's why I'm so obsessed with my journal prompts. And that's why my journal prompts are fucking killing it on, on not Instagram, it's on Pinterest. I was looking at my Pinterest stats before I came on and I was like, holy shit, my journal prompts and my quotes are outperforming everything fucking else because on Pinterest, I'm solving a problem. Why do most of us go to Pinterest either to dream up a new future or to fucking look for quotes? And I kill it at the quotes. I kill it at the journal prompts. So I'm solving problems for you. So same thing. I want you over time and go back to this over and over and over again and think about it, sleep on it, meditate on it, whatever. But I want you to continue to get clear. What problem are you solving for them? Because the more clear that you can get, the easier it is for you to articulate that, the easier for it is for people to pay you. Okay. And that of course leads into number four. How clear is the communication being in regards to the value you're giving them, the problem you're solving for them. So are you still kind of bumbling in it? Or do you have the clean little verbiage of like when I was talking earlier in the episode, 30 something minutes ago, about carburetors. When a person asked me for a carburetor and I go into this same variation of a spiel of have you tried a rebuild kit before? No, you haven't? Okay, well on average rebuild kits are blank, blank, blank versus blank, blank, blank. That phrasing I have said hundreds of times at this point, so it's super fucking clear. I could say it in my sleep. So when you are solving the problem for the customer, how can we get you to that same variation? Again, even if it's your fucking boss and you're trying to ask for a raise, I am not only saying you have to apply this to a side hustle. Let's say it's your boss and you're trying to get a raise. What problem are you solving for them? Okay, once you've gotten really, really clear on the problems you're solving for them, how are you communicating it? What are your actions looking like? So let's say the problem, let's go back to the dental hygienist, right? You're like, okay, I love my dentist. I'm a dental hygienist because why not in this scenario? And I want to stay at the dentist practice I'm at, but I noticed that I sell a lot of this tooth gel and I'd like to get a kickback on it. Hmm. So here's how you communicate that to them before you just roll on it and be like, yo, bitches, I want a kickback <laughs> or I want a commission or I want a cut or I want a goal, whatever words you want to use, right? So what you would do is you would take an entire month and you would take a notepad and you would write down the date, the customer's name or the, the person's name, whatever, you know, I don't know, two, one Jenny. And then you sold her two toothpastes or two tooth gels. And then on two, five, you sold Ken one on two, eight, you sold blank one, you on two, blah, blah, blah. You sold yada, yada, yada one. And you create a record, just a little handwritten thing that you can reference it doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be on a spreadsheet. It literally can be on a piece of paper, right? Hell, if you want, it can be on your phone. But what I want you to do is I want you in that example to go ahead and have a record of on my months. And you can even ask the office manager, hey, I've been noticing I'm selling a lot of toothpaste gel stuff. You know, do we keep records of that? No? Hmm. Okay, curious. It just feels like I've been selling a lot of it lately. And I'm just curious to see if I bet, beat last month's number then you leave it be. But when you go to your office manager, your HR manager, your dentist, your hujamut, whatever, right? And you say, hey, I love the place that I work at. I think that instead of asking for a traditional raise, I've noticed I'm really, really good at selling X, Y, and Z products. And I'd like to see if maybe we can come up with a compensation package for that. 
Again, assuming they say, yeah, sure, let's have a conversation. That's when you bust out your handy dandy little notepad or your phone list or whatever and say, well, I've been keeping track for the last three months on average. Obviously, I didn't keep any customer information that was private. I just wrote their names and the dates. But on average, I'm selling anywhere from 25 to 35 things of toothpaste a month. And I feel that, you know, I would bring in a lot of value to obviously the company because I'm selling a lot of this toothpaste. So clearly we're making more money and it's helping our profit margin. But I'd like to see if maybe we can have an incentive program around that. If I sell between this and this, I make this much. If I sell between this and this, I make this much. That's how you communicate it to them. And I just made that shit up. But you hear how clear that was? You found the problem, you solved the problem, and now you were able to articulate that problem to them. And this is how you get paid more fucking money because you deserve more fucking money because you are worthy of more fucking money because it is safe to have more than enough. It is safe to be in overflow. It's safe to be in abundance. But I want you to figure out how... Whether your version of that, you know, what does it look like? You know, take out dental hygienist, enter your own scenario here. How do you communicate that super fucking clearly to your peoples that are paying you the problems you're solving? How do we do that? That's journal prompt number four. And then journal prompt number five is what you're getting paid for the dollar amount make you happy. And I know that might not make sense, but bear with me, right? So going back to the very first example of this night, Ben and I were working on quotes for customers before I sat down to do some podcasting. It's like, okay, we were trying to figure out the quotes. We started to fall into some bad habits and I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's do it this way. Regardless of what the customer wants, regardless of whatever we are assuming, because all of it is an assumption, regardless of what we are assuming for everything, if we do the job at X dollar amount, is it profitable and does it make us happy? Because if it doesn't do both, we have so many other things on our plate. It is not fucking worth it. I have now the mentality. I did not have it before. This customer or something better. This job or something better. This whatever or something better. This launch or something better. This always something or something better. I'm not beholden or I don't have this fear mindset that it has to be this one thing because it'll never happen again. So I want you to, when you're looking at this dollar amount, when you're putting out this effort, when you're going to get rewarded for the value that you're putting into it, does the dollar amount make you happy? Because if the dollar amount does not make you happy, again, you're going to go back to like, I don't know, see example number 32 here. You know, you're going to self-sabotage. If the dollar amount doesn't make you happy, you're not going to want to do the work or you're not going to put your best effort in or you're not going to fucking shine or you're not going to ask for the review or you're going to underquote and you're going to be bitter the whole fucking time or you're never going to ask for the raise or you're never going to ask for the compensation option or you're never, you're never, you're never because the dollar amount doesn't motivate you. And I don't want you to think that the money always has to motivate you, but it should bring joy. Like when you're doing all this stuff, I want you to start associating Every single time when I do this, I get paid that and it brings me joy because if you do that, that's a very happy, healthy cycle to be in. It's not manipulative. It's not evil. It's not taking advantage of someone. It is saying, I feel I am being very well compensated for the value I am exchanging. And that's what I want you to get to. So that's why I want you to look at the dollar amount you're getting paid and I want you to it, I want you to mess with the number until you're actually really happy with it. And then when you're really happy with it, run with it, embrace it, 
vibe with it, woo with it, whatever with it, but totally run with it because your energy, your passion, your joy, your articulation on something, your ability to communicate your value is going to be so much more clear because you can get behind it because you don't have to subconsciously self-sabotage because you didn't want it to begin with. So with that being said, that is all the journal prompts, five journal prompts. I know we've been on a roll by six, seven, and eight, but tonight it's only five. So five journal prompts for you on how to make it easy for people to pay you. I know I talked about a ton of links. Don't worry about it. Go to the show notes. All the links will be there. Um, or go to my Linktree account. Again, all the links will be there. I still have, I did change the pricing on it, but I still, I still do have the pre-sale for betting on me going on. Um, I'm still in the process of recording the courses. So my philosophy, at least for this course and for this launch is, while I have the pre-sale open, it will be at a significant discount versus once all the audios are created because it's an audio only course. I, I vibe with audio. I run with audio. So let's just fucking run with that on the course, right? But it will be significantly more expensive, which I'm totally behind once the course is done and created. So if you want to get it, I, I don't know, whatever verbiage you want to use as a coupon, get it on a pre-sale, get it cheaper, yada, yada, yada. If you want any of that, then you need to basically buy it now before I finish recording all the audios. Um, you can go look on, again, you can look on my website, you can click on the link in the bio, you can click on the show notes, you can do whatever and go to betting on me to see the course. And if you have any questions, let me know. And the other thing too is if you have it already, join the community in the Facebook group because I'm going to start doing some really fun things in there. I'm really excited. Again, sometimes it takes me a little bit longer than I'd like because I don't have this super expensive, expansive team. You know, I still have to work with the team, said team, to create the things. But I'm excited to start doing some things in the Facebook group that it's just, again, because it's text, it's going to be a lot more interactive there than it would be just following an Instagram feed. So I want you to follow me on all the things, but I definitely want you to check out the community. Any questions, reach out to me, DM me, email me, smoke signal me, write me on my website. doesn't matter. Just figure out how to get to me and I will happily figure out how to answer whatever questions you have. And if you want, you can always email me. It's at info at margaretstevens.co. Love you. I will let you all go. Have a great rest of your day. Make it super fucking easy for people to pay you. Be a very clear, energetic match on it. And figure out how to rock it and make 2022 even more abundant than 2021. All right. Bye. Have a burning question for me? Want that link I was talking about? Get access to all the resources and links that were mentioned in this episode and others over at margaretstevens.co. And if you haven't, don't forget to sign up for my VIP list where I share special bonuses, pre-launch coupon codes, and advice I don't share anywhere else. Thanks for listening.